Podcast. And I think people find this sigh of relief when they can find someone they can show up with and just be their full self so that they can take their full self into the work that they're doing. And you want to know who's going to stay with their managers, who's going to stay at their company, who's going to, you know, uh, uh, employee retention and all these things. It's the people and the companies who will let you show up as your full complete self. And you are valued in that way. The heart is what will make the. That's where we're going. Love is the ultimate frequency you want to be at. Welcome beautiful souls to season two of the cosmic love antenna with your host, Harrison Ma. I invite you on a mystical voyage from the intellect to the soul, delving deep into the mysteries of love's spiritual essence and its unfolding. This podcast celebrates the peeling back of heart layers, revealing profound lessons, interviews with spiritual seekers and practices to open your heart to love's infinite wisdom. Good morning, evening, afternoon, magical beings. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to another beautiful conversation episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. I'm really looking forward to this chat today. I was just reflecting on this before we were getting started. I'm not just excited to talk to this lovely woman who I'll introduce with all of you in two seconds, but this topic is really near and dear to my heart at the moment. And I know if it's on my heart, it's most likely on yours. So before we get into everything that this will entail, I want to welcome all the new listeners that are tuning in today, either live on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or listening for the first time on the podcast. I know there's been a big wave of new listeners. So welcome all of you. Remember that if you get a bit of value out of this chat today, please share it with a lover, a friend, a family member that you think it can support and guide and leave your feedback over an app on Spotify with any questions, comments, and insights that you gain. I have the pleasure to be welcomed and joined by the lovely Lindsay Lee. Lindsay is a powerful heart. She's a coach, consultant, intuitive. She is, in her words, a former burned out overachiever in, in corporate America who is now finding success through connecting into her beautiful intuitive gifts, psychic abilities, and helping others do the same. And today we're going to get into that. We're going to tune into how do we start to unlock our beautiful spiritual spiritual gifts in the corporate world and what are all the little intricacies in between all of this. Lindsay, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Thank you so much for uh, having me here. It's a pleasure. How are you, how are you feeling, Lindsay, as we get started? Where, where's your energy at? It's, it's really good. I'm just, um, I'm in a space where I'm like, oh, where is this conversation going to go by the end of this? I cannot wait to see where, where we take ourselves and what's channeled through and, and what really needs to be channeled through. So I am just in this space of, um, I feel like I'm in, in a waiting room or like at the top of a roller coaster right before <laughs> you're about to come uh, up. So I can't wait to um, just see how this conversation unfolds. I uh, I love that description, Lindsay. I think this is <laughs> probably one of my favorite things with having conversations with people like you. You you understand it. You you get it that this that this dance we're about to have there's a lot of, there's a, some important questions I want to ask you, but there's going to be even more uh, divine frequency channeled in between those questions. So I'm excited. Let's, let's get straight into it. 
So I, I guess where I want to start with this conversation is I have a lot of light workers and, and healers and powerful souls who follow this show. Lily, I see you in the Facebook chat as an example. And I think sometimes when we look at the business world as a sensitive, intuitive soul, it can be a bit overwhelming in terms of there's a lot of beautiful masculine structure. There's a lot of powerful minds at play. So I guess in your opinion, your experience as someone who is an intuitive in this corporate world, what is the first step a sensitive light worker can sort of start to implement to step into this world, but still express themselves fully? I think it goes back to something you and I spoke about in a previous conversation, and it has to do with really doing the inner work and understanding yourself. Because when you are in a, a, a structure that has been rooted in, uh, you know, maybe some out of balanced patriarchal ways of doing, and not ways of being, what you do is more important than who you are oftentimes and um, and the energy that you bring to the table. It does matter. You know, we talk about executive presence and a lot of that has to do with our energy. Um, but I think that one of the first things that we can think about is how we're feeling in the inner work that we're doing because the way that we show up, we can manage difficult situations when our internal systems are calm and yeah. our internal systems are not affected so deeply by some of the chaos energy that you can find yourself in in the corporate environment. Yeah. I'm feeling compelled to ask, Lindsay, what... <laughs> and I'm, I'm laughing because you know, what you're describing, I've already felt this morning, right? I don't, you know, I don't go into the physical corporate world in my life at the moment, but I'm in the corporate world in terms of clients that come into my world through Zoom and things like that, right? And I I felt that energy already just today and it's morning time for me. And I, where I go straight away is the practices that I have that help me sort of soothe that chaos energy. So I'm wondering can you give us some examples of, you know, what are some practices someone can implement to, you know, help them through that, that chaos energy that maybe is, you know, internally causing some imbalance? Yeah. I mean, you know, the easiest one you could always have, like immediately go to is meditation, quieting the mind first. But I think that's a great first step. I think the next step and really believe that the next step is actually taking a step back and creating a bit more objectivity and starting to objectively observe, is this me or is this them? Am I take particularly with empaths? Am I taking on this energy? Is this even mine? And start to, I, I really am a big fan of like kind of pushing back away from the energy and stepping back to start this self inquiry. Oh. And it can, it can be, two minutes. It can even be in a conversation where you could maybe 
take a step back and ask yourself a quick question. Is this me or them? And if this is really about me, well, what, what am I saying about myself here? What, what is really happening here? And, and going in and sort of, and I always see our energy as this, it's, you know, the toric field, right? It's yeah. what I'm internalizing. I, I push out energetically. And so I always ask, particularly my clients who get into a bit of that chaos energy and need a way to come back to themselves is start being objective, start being objective. And how can you be objective from a place of love, right? Yeah. We can't, we can't solve anything by, you know, being hard on ourselves. We have to internalize and be objective and, and curious about why our bodies are feeling the way they're feeling, why we're starting to have these thought spirals. Um, and, and just going back in and start being that objective observer before we start making decisions or before we start running up the, a hill. Yeah. <laughs> so... I uh, I already am loving this conversation, Lindsay. It's it's already bringing up so much. I this objective observer as a practice, I think, you know, is profound for many reasons. But I want to add an extra word and get your perspective on it. I I don't think it's just, and you mentioned this with the heart a second ago. I I think it's not just the observer, objective observer. I think it's the objective loving observer right so when we as an example if i'm walking into a corporate environment someone says something i'm triggered some guilt or shame or anger comes up and i want to apply that observer practice i think there's a difference between observing it from neutrality and observing it with love what are your perspectives on this oh i'm so here for this okay <laughs> <laughs> I love that you are describing both because I think there was, um, there has been, and, and often is still a way of thinking that says, be neutral, come from a place of neutrality. Yeah. I don't actually believe that anymore. I actually think that, that things have shifted in such a way that that's actually not enough. And it has to be an objective love. And oh man, here I go. Um, let's, do it. let's go deep, Lindsay. Let's do it. I, the corporate environment and the way that a lot of us, I think maybe were brought up, if, especially if you find yourself being an overachiever, a type, we were probably told or, or have this internalized feeling that we're not enough. We're already hard enough on ourselves. And so if we are objectively observing from a neutral place, that doesn't in, then involve the heart, which you have to love yourself through it. We have hated ourselves, self-love, you know, like we yeah. have gone through life being so hard on ourselves that you, nothing changes if nothing changes. So you have to change the strategy that you are using to expand and heal yourself and evolve and, and ascend ultimately. And that, so that's why I'm like, so with you on this, that you have to love yourself through whatever it is. And you, you cannot have, and I hate to even say cannot, because I don't want to give you a box to be in, but I encourage you to love yourself through it. Love yeah. yourself objectively through the lens of love and everything that you do, because the heart is what will make the, that's where we're going. Love is the ultimate frequency you want to be at. Um, so it's, it's, oh, go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm so excited about this train of thought. It, it, it will stop it from coming back, right? It may yeah. take it may take time. It's not instant, right? I, I don't want to put that 
you know, duration on it, but it's, it, if you, if you shift from the objectivity and neutrality to the love observation, it allows the wound to be soothed rather than bypassed. Right. And this is what I want to ask you next here. Okay. So <laughs> in the corporate world, when you know the sensitive, beautiful beings are entering with their gifts and they're either helping corporate uh, leaders or they're a corporate leader themselves, there's a lot going on, right? And what I mean by that is, like as an example, I look at my to-do list, as I'm sure yours is, it's full of things to do throughout the day. So there's time is, as much as our heart is infinite, time in the 3D is finite. So what I'm getting at here. And what I want to ask you, Lindsay, is how do we balance observing with love, healing, doing these practices to support our inner world and all the things that are going on throughout the day, right? How do we do these practices, but still balance our, all the things that we need to get done? And that's a really hard question because more and more we are being asked to do more with less. Yeah. We are not getting the support. I mean, in my last job, I was probably doing four different roles. And, um, you know, anyone who would look at that job description and be like, okay, so are you hiring for hiring for four different roles here? And it's like, no, it's just me. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all of these things. It's really difficult. Um, it's why we have this idea of quiet quitting, because I think people have just hit a wall so badly and they have burnt themselves out so badly that they, this, this high level of expectation of career growth and climbing the ladder and being seen for the things that they're doing and who they are is like not happening and they've had to pull back. And so I always recommend that when we're trying to create balance to almost do an audit of all the things that you're doing and start to look at what really matters. What really matters here from a sanity perspective um, but what really matters when it comes to your own goals, how you show up, but sometimes it's really hard because again, like I said, you're doing, you're having to do more with less, um, and finding balance can be really hard. And so you have to look at, I mean, this is like a, not a very spiritual way to say it, but it prioritization is really what we do. We just go through and have to prioritize. Yeah. So you say it's not spiritual, but let's, I think you can add a spiritual lens to it. And this is what I would say, Lindsay, and I'll get your thoughts on it. You know, that prioritization, we could either do it with our mind and our logical way of thinking, or we could prioritize with our heart and our feeling. And what I mean by this is we could look through our list of to-dos, for example, of all the things that we should be getting done. and we could look at it through the mind and say, logically, okay, I need to do that because I need to get this thing done. Or you could ask yourself, how does this thing feel to me? How does this, as an, I'll give an example, how does this podcast that I need to get done with Lindsay today? How does it feel? Does it feel like something I'm just doing for the sake of doing it? Or does it make my heart expand? Do I, do I feel chills going down my spine? Do I feel activated by even just the thought of doing it? So, what are your thoughts on this, Lindsay? Is this is there a difference here within this sort of prioritization? 
Yeah, I think it's it's really difficult because you and I come from a perspective right now where like it's our business and and if we are successful, it's based off of kind of how we've set things up and our prioritization of our of like where we feel with things. Um with if you're a, you know, a manager, a VP or whatever, they don't care how you feel. <laughs> Doesn't matter, you know, that that was a piece that I was thinking about earlier when I was talking is um, you know, a lot of, and I'm sure a lot of people who, who have climbed the ladder know this, there is a certain level of the denial of self that you must do in order to yeah. be successful in the corporate environment because it is so naturally masculine. I love some of the ways that people are um, really pushing against this, like Chani. I don't know if you know the Chani app with astrology. Every time she's hiring, I go through and I look, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this woman is an expander to me. I can't, exp- like, I want to, like, I just can't say enough good things because of the way that she thinks about building a business and hiring a team anyways. But I think sometimes when we are thinking about balance and how to step into our feelings, it can be really difficult because there is, you're always juggling two sides the side that doesn't care how you feel and needs outcomes. And then there's this side of you that's needing to be seen and this, this softer, more beautiful and fully loving side that wants to integrate the two. Um, and it is a dance, just like we are dancing yeah. <laughs> in this conversation. Well, Lindsay, I just want to point this out for people listening. What you're explaining is the beautiful, you know, divine masculine and feminine inside of us, right? You just defined... Yeah those two energies that, you know, if we are seeing them in maybe in an imbalanced state in our environment, maybe with people we're working with, maybe our boss, then yes, we could force it and change it through them. Or we could go internally and ask ourselves, what does that current dance look like in my inner world? Shift it based off a masculine or feminine choice. And I've noticed that impacts the external reality that impacts that boss, that coworker, that corporate environment that I want to change. Do you, do you agree with this? Oh man, I have a great story for you. Please give it to me. (laughs) So one of my friends, uh, she loves to play around with this energy and, and she told me this wonderful story. I I sadly was out of the corporate environment and never had a chance to really tap tap into this, but she, she meditates for about an hour every morning. Um, And she was not really connecting with her boss. And so what she did was she went into meditation and just sent her boss love um, really, you know, let go of, of, her not feeling seen the stuff that she was bringing to it and just continue to like send her love and really be in this space of like that heart of, of really opening her heart. And, um, that day <laughs> her boss, like just started giving her all of this praise and feedback she had never received before. She all of a sudden explained this whole situation where she had gotten really upset with my friend and she, and I were talking, she's like, Lindsay, I don't know what happened. I think, I think my meditations are working and they were because like the quantum field and, and energetics is not limited, right? Of course, by space and time. And so, um, 
I agree. What we bring to the situation, what we bring to the conversation when we do this inner work and we are um, shifting our thoughts of how we want to show up impacts the room without saying a thing. So I'm glad you brought that up because that is a really kind of extreme example, but very, I think, like yeah, targeted I, in on it. I yeah. think it's a beautiful example, Lindsay, and it highlights you know, we, we overestimate our impact on people and in many ways, but I was talking to a lovely client about this the other day that when you, like I used the example that you just described of being in meditation for an hour when you drop into meditation for an hour and you connect to your source and you're in that space of presence. And then you walk into a room in that space of presence without even you saying anything, without even you speaking words or taking any actions, that presence is felt, right? That presence, that frequency, other people pick up on it, right? And I just, I highlight this to to really emphasize to people listening. <laughs> what would change in your corporate world if that was, if everyone was doing that, right? If everyone was in that space all the time, right? I, I totally agree. And that is why, I, like, I always say, I, I love how you've expanded on it because that's why I always say the inner work is the beginning because when you can work and I do a lot of, like, I also do regression hypnosis because I love working in energy. I love working in the subconscious. I love neural reprogramming, all of these things because it's never going to be your external that they feel first. It's going to be your energy. And we can sit there and I have clients who will be like, but I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm showing up this way. And that's when I know that I'm like, but we still have work to do internally because if you're doing all of the things, it's the beingness, it's your energy, that there's still old programs, there's still old thought patterns, belief systems that we need to transmute so that when you show up, there is not a resistance to the doing energetically, there's a flow that's happening. And that's what all this work is. We're getting you in flow so that everything's synced up, the doing, the being, the divine masculine, like all the energies are in flow in a way that they're not going to be when you have density and old programs still sitting there. And it's hard because, and you probably know this, it's really difficult when you're like, I'm doing all the things. When is this going to, you have a client who's like having a breakdown and they're like, when is this going to work out for me and all these things? And you keep going back. You're on the right path. We still have work to do. And they're like, I'm tired of the, you know, I had a client like this last week. So that's why, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's, but, my favorite, uh, yeah. that's my favorite story and illusion to uh, move through both within people I support and myself of when will I be there? When will I when will I get to the thing? When will yes. I, when will I, it's the, I'll be happy when syndrome, right? I refer to it as it's like, and it's a big one because, you know, and this is another little rabbit hole, but it it's, that's how we know we're not in the heart, right? As soon as we get stuck in this illusion of there is a, there is a destination ahead of me that holds my enoughness, holds my worthiness, holds my value. That's the place to stop, right? You need to stop all that you're doing if possible and you need to go inside, right? Does that resonate, Lindsay? 
Oh yeah, I know. And that is, and it's so hard. Like I empathize so deeply with people because I was that too, but we are so programmed like, you know, with goals, with you're not doing enough. If you don't set these goals and reach them, you're not enough. If you can't do it and it's all these not enoughness. And so when we do our inner work, this is like the spectrum of your spiritual awakening that I feel, you know, that I feel like we all kind of begin in one end and we move through and, And I see this so often where in the beginning, they are really, uh, my clients are really deeply tapped into if I do enough or if I do this, then this will happen. And the goal, you know, and so that that's the beginning of like, all right, we're working through this. And then they realize there is no end goal. There is no end journey. There's just this experience and this evolution that we're constantly allowing to unfold. And that's the goal. And that's the end goal, right? Like that's the the beautiful paradox to it is that you explain that process of, I call it the process of becoming and you have to learn. And I don't say have to, cause I agree with you. There's no, we're not, there's never any expectations here, but you're encouraged to learn that that becoming is, is it, that's it, that we're, yeah. we're in it. Right. I want to, I want to go back a little bit, Lindsay, cause I'm just interested. And I think this will, this will help people listening you part of your story is you were burnt out in the in the corporate world and it's a big part of why you're doing the work that you're doing now but before that you were a a young woman an adolescent and a child and yeah this topic today we're sort of tuning into being a beautiful intuitive spiritual person that has certain gifts and i'm wondering Lindsay, as a child what what gifts were coming up for you? What what things did you notice that I assume, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I assume you probably suppressed and then came out later? Yes. And I, I actually still think that I have suppressed memories um, from some of the things I experienced when I was a child. Um, but I was that kid who I, I have like, I've heard stories of anything like one of my mentors, like when she would talk to angels when she was a kid and all these things. I was terrified most of my life. Like I didn't know what I was going to wake up and see in the middle of the night. I remember seeing like a parade of beans coming out of my closet. Um, I could, I could, I could hear things. I now know who those things, who those things are. Um, But I could turn like this, this other, these, it was like being at a dinner party almost. I could turn it like a dial up and down. I could play with radio frequencies, like with my, my how, hands. How and, old are you? This is this is like young Lindsay, right? Yes, this is like yeah. element. Uh, like t- I would say ten and below. What, what I still had all of these gifts, um, but it was mostly very terrifying for me. And no one taught me what was happening. I could see the future. I would, you know, and it wasn't that I was shut down by my family or anything. It was more like they were like, cool. Like you know, they didn't really they didn't know what to do. So with was no it. education. And so, no, I mean, imagine, imagine what this world would be like if we could cultivate these things. So now, you know, I'm always like, oh, you see what? Tell me more. Who is this friend? It was this, you know, when little kids. <laughs> so this is, uh, I'm, this is why I wanted to ask you this question, Lindsay, because I, yeah. fe- I had a feeling that you had this upbringing. And the amount of times that I have heard this same experience like obviously we're all unique, but the same themes of beings of 
precognitive uh, premonitions of other spiritual gifts opening. It's normal. It's not just normal. It's, it's magical. And it's, it's us. It's, this is, this is what we are. And you, you ask, you, you suggest, you know, what would it look like if this was just, if there was education and there was support and it's happening. Right. I, I've seen it just on this podcast. I've seen there's so many powerful leaders out there, you included, that are creating containers for us to be fully what we are. Because that's what it is, right? It's this magic is not something special. And when I say not special, I mean it's not something that should be out of the ordinary. It should be as frequently harnessed and fostered as us learning maths or science or everything else. Does this degree, what comes up around this, Lindsay? Yes. And it's, it's so interesting to bring this back to the corporate world. um, Because when you, when I would talk about this side of myself to people, like their eyes would light up. I mean, it's like, I just gave them like, I don't know, an addictive substance or something. And they're like, oh my gosh, can I tell you this? Can I tell you these things? And and they and they feel like there's there's no place for them to have this conversation in the corporate environment. And I've coached, I've had direct reports, I've had mentor, you know, people I've mentored, all of them, that they know when they work with me, like I'm very transparent. I'm gonna share this part of myself. And they love it. They love that finally they can ex- like they can expose in a way this side of themselves and realize that oh oh all of myself can come to this role. I can be seen for all aspects of myself and people so deeply want to be seen and heard in all aspects of themselves and one of the struggles I had is uh you know, if you're starting to see, I'm like, I can, I have a very big personality. I have very like strong and I can have pretty strong energy. And I feel I it. Can, I feel it, Lindsay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sorry. I'm a lot of times if I'm around really strong people, like the electricity starts going out, calls drop, like all sorts of funny things like that happen. And I'm like, always like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to pull my energy back in. Um, but people want to be seen so deeply. And, and I, I, I want more people to understand how to do that in an environment that um, sometimes it's, it's, it's more important that you suppress your emotions. Oh yeah. So that was what I was going, going towards is sometimes people didn't know what to do with me because um, I, my emotions were, could be quite big or I would have a, um, uh, a director, not a direct report. I would have a, a boss, a people manager who I was very close with. And then one day I would be emotional about something and feel like I needed to have a heart to heart. And man, they didn't know what to do with that. They, couldn't they take it. Yeah. yeah, they were like, oh, this isn't, this isn't how we act. And then I, I, this is not normal corporate, you know, but yeah. I, I'm like, but we bring ourselves everywhere. It, I can't shut off. And I, th- and I think people find this sigh of relief when they can find someone they can show up with and just be their full self so that they can take their full self into the work that they're doing. And you want to know who's going to stay with their managers, who's going to stay at their company, who's going to, you know, uh, 
uh, employee retention and all these things. It's the people and the companies who will let you show up as your full, complete self. And you are valued in that way. So um, so yeah. This is, I think this is probably one of the intentional, the cru- intentional cruxes of this episode that I wanted to get at with you, Lindsay, is what you just said there is this old paradigm of the corporate workplace being something that we need to build around all these personas that we think we should or shouldn't be, I think is, is starting to fall away. Right. And the only persona we ever need to be anywhere, but specifically in the corporate space is you, right. Is the fullest authentic expression of you, which includes all of these beautiful intuitive gifts and things that are moving through you. And I think I know what you're explaining, this work environment that that holds this as a, as a value, you know, I'm seeing it more and more, right. Cause it's, it, it, you know, you talk about you being so emotional and so powerful in your energy. That's what changes things that that's a, that's power that shifts realities. And we want that, right. I want to go back to something, Lindsay, and this is something I've noticed in just as an outside observer looking in at corporate environments and I guess the scientific world at large is when someone starts to express their gifts, like you just said, and talks about it maybe in the work environment, because most of us have grown up in a very mentally, uh, mentally focused world, if I hear Lindsay talking about the parade of spirits that are that are walking out of her, her wardrobe, I will immediately go to, okay, but what is the scientific evidence around that phenomena? So I'm wondering, how do we overcome this need to see tangible scientific evidence for it to be real in this sort of corporate world? I, I love that because, you know, it's really funny when I first started having these experiences, I was a policy researcher. So like I wrote articles, I'm, I'm a published author. <laughs> I worked with a think tank. Like this was not what I, I, I mean, the, I mean, I wasn't doing like, you know, rocket science and quantitative analysis, but I, um, this is not a world I should have been venturing into and experiencing these things, but it was a very beautiful foundation to be like, I know that these don't make sense and I'm experiencing these things and they are real for me. And so the person who would be one of the least uh, to believe in this is can't deny it anymore. Um, and there, there's some ways I used to feel like, and I think a lot of us feel like this in the beginning where we need to justify, we're like, well, let me tell you, I don't care anymore. Like I don't need to, because the magic you know of who I am and how, you know, it's true. Yeah. It, it and, and, I just, I can, I can show, I don't need to tell. And so nowadays it's, it's fine. You don't have to believe me. And a lot of times the the reaction that I get for the people who are looking for data and scientific evidence is it's actually coming out like, you know, string theory, you know, like all these things. And the, and the, and the, the, sorry to interrupt you, but just like the field of parapsychology is a real 
fields that exists where this evidence lies just you know this is a, a maybe another tangent but a lot of this has been suppressed right mm-hmm. yeah. and i think too you know we have to not always you know we talk about like quantum like collapsing time and all this stuff but i do think there's i i i, I love two analogies or two ways of thinking and and going back to like how in the corporate world, people are really starting to move out of this old paradigm. And I look at it a bit like, look at it like a pendulum. You know, you think back when like Google like started their company and they were like, no, like, you know, we're gonna feed you, we're gonna take care of you, and we're gonna like get your, we're gonna do all these things, you're gonna be able to just do all these things. And then I had people, I had friends that worked there and they kind of were like, this is like a little too much. And then because the other pendulum was this like uh be at your desk, you know eight to five over time, blah, blah, blah. So we have this pendulum and there is, I am happy to see that the pendulum is starting to go swing back towards the middle of a bit more balance. We're not there yet. I mean, I will be happy when we're all there, but I'm starting to see the pendulum kind of come back a bit more. Um, and I lost my train of thought, but, no, but it's, <laughs> I'll finish it for you. It's, it's coming back more Lindsay, because I feel everyone is waking up to this understanding of holism. And what I mean by that is no longer can we stay in a perspective of separation and isolation, meaning I'll give an example, right? Just because something in, I can see something as hasn't been scientifically proven yet, or it's real inside of me has shifted into an end meaning this, this intuitive gift that I have, maybe there's not scientific evidence. And it also feels very true to me and very real, right? So we're shifting out of the awe psychology of it's either this or it's that, it's either wrong or it's right, versus two things can be correct. It can be, there can be no scientific evidence for it. And it can also feel very true, very real, and very expansive for me. And that doesn't, it doesn't cut out anything. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And this helps me get back to where I was before about there are more people who are curious um, about these gifts and this intuition and spirituality. It's becoming much more mainstream than it was even 10, 20 years ago. And of course, further beyond that, but it's been this incremental change that is starting to shift into transform like this definitely transformational type of change in the workforce. But even with my, you know, my last role, you know, I worked with a bunch of consultants and they have a very specific way of working. Some of the most fun people I've ever worked with in my entire life. Think of some of them as family at this point. And they either were like not into it, but could love me no matter what they they're like, I love you. I know you're, I know who you are and I support this. Or some people were scared of me and I was like, cool, <laughs> that's fine. You're not here. You don't need to receive this. And so the, the more, and, and that's part of the inner work when you're like, well, I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table and I feel really good and heart centered and balanced about it. And you're either curious and you're open to exploring a new way of being and thinking, or you're not, and that's okay. Um, it, it, there's just too many of us that are going down that road that, that it's kind of like, that's fine. You don't have to, 
you don't have to go down that road and, and you can stay where you're at and, and that th- three-dimensional way of thinking. But that's not really, I think, where collective consciousness is going. And that's just kind of how I, I view it these days. Um, when I think about corporate America needing proof is now they're just starting to, it's starting to integrate into who they are. And they, it's less and less about one or the other, like you said. Yeah. I think it's a lovely symptom of the great awakening that's happening, right? I think there's, no matter how you feel about the last two or three of two or three years of negative events, the polarity of those negative events is this collective shift we're all moving through. And it's the corporate world is not, uh, doesn't get out of it, right? It's being impacted. The consciousness that is waking up in, you know, the rural areas of Australia or the, you know, the, the, in Portland of, of, of the U S right. It's not just in those places, right? It's expanding out into everything. I want to get back to something more practical with you, Lindsay. And I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing, because again, I have, I have a lot of light workers, healers, coaches that tune into this, to this program, to my show, <clears throat> that maybe haven't transitioned fully into the corporate business world to work with certain clients or companies or businesses, but they want it, right? They've, they've worked with individuals or groups or family or friends that maybe are like them, but they want to take this step into corporate. They want to take this step into bigger businesses and impacting more people. As someone that has done this in your world, where can, where can we start? Where would you recommend someone that wants to step their toe in and wants to start attracting in corporate clients or corporate businesses? What would you recommend? So I love this question. There are, there are a couple of ways to do this. So I am a very big relationship person. I'm not like a cold caller. I don't, I don't, some people will tell you like, oh, well just put together, you know, like a one pager and just start emailing people and, and show them what you have. I like to be a little more strategic and I always recommend, I ask, how can you start relationships with groups that might be different than your own. So I encourage them to start being a part of networking groups. Um, You know, I live in Houston, Texas, and we have some really fun like startup groups, particularly Austin. I lived in Austin for like 10 years, Um, very big startup environment. Uh, And I always recommend like get into an area that that you're going to make new connections, maybe new friends, uh, hopefully some new friends, but you're going to be exposed to different types of organizations, different backgrounds, different jobs. And, you know, your energy will bring to you what you're looking for. Um, But getting out there, that is my biggest way I say to start doing that is get yourself into an, in front of new people um, and start showing them who you are and just really cultivating these authentic relationships because wow, if somebody really connects with you and they believe in you, they're going to give you like, they're just going to want to help you so much. And yeah. that is so much more meaningful to me than a cold call or sending yeah. an email out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so many directions I want to go from here, but I feel like I want to, I want to ask this question. Uh, I, cause I was just imagining, you know, stepping into one of those networking events as you were giving that example. And as we've talked about in a couple of different ways today, I think the most important thing is just to be your authentic self and express 
your mission, your goals, what lights you up and be yourself fully in that space. However, and this is what I want to get your, your perspective on. I, I'll use me as an example. I, the way that I talk about spiritual things, I can't help but just go into all of the deepness straight away. So, for example, talking about the multidimensional nature of our heart space or talking about connection to ascended masters or talking about star seeds and all these things that I'm very comfortable speaking about. I've had experience with all, all of that. But if, and maybe this is wrong, maybe this is an illusion, but walking into those environments, sometimes I think there's friction with not the energy behind it, but the words that we use to describe certain phenomena. So what's your perspective? What's your opinion on do we need to change the way we say things to meet people where they're at? Or can we just speak truth? <laughs> Does that make oh, sense? I, oh, yeah. I. It's so funny. Earlier today, I was thinking about this exact same topic, and it's come into my awareness multiple times. So I'll take a step back and say that when I first had, and I don't know if, you know, people who listen to this have this experience. And it actually, these are a lot of my clients and why I think we I connect with this type of client is because um, we have a tendency to create our own jargon and in different worlds, doctors, consultants, you know, whatever, the spiritual community also has very specific or self-created jargon that they use that can um, be really confusing or unclear for people. And I, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see I like demystify the woo because when I had my awakening, I felt really intimidated and not part of the group because I didn't know what some of these things you guys are talking about. And I was like, but I've seen this and I'm experiencing this and I'm having these feelings and I don't know how to verbalize them. I can say this. Um, and a lot of my clients come to me and they're like, I don't even know what that means. They're like, what are you talking cosmic? Or like, what's an ascended master? Or like, what do you, you know, like even some really basic, what, what is shadow, you know, like even just some of these things. And then, so you have these people, some people talking about crystalline grid structures and rainbow light, blah, 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 you know, all this stuff. And you're like, oh my gosh, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. And so what we can do is, is, and so not intentionally, but we can be so excited about the things that we're experiencing and the lessons we've learned in our own journey that um, we share them at, yeah, you lose people. And so I constantly am trying to work on um, simplifying my language and understanding my audience a bit better um, and being more direct uh, and also asking questions like, does that make sense to you? Or, and you and I talked about this too, where it's like, so when you go into a room and, or you do a reading. So I also do readings, intuitive readings as well. And, and I had a client come in and all of a sudden, um, and I've had this client several times do, do readings with me. And, and all of a sudden I felt like Arcturians show up and they're like, they get really, uh, there's blue, they're really present. And I remember uh, I was talking to him and I was like, we don't, you guys, what are you doing here? Like these, what are you, you know? And, and I was like, we don't ever talk about this, but I have to, you have to trust they're, they're here. And this is, you know, so you start with, so what do you know about like galactic races? 
Um, what do you know about, are you, how do you feel about like the cosmos? (laughs) So you start, you have to start small. And I share that example as when you're thinking about how do I show up with a totally different group? And I also encourage you, if you have friends that are in the corporate space and you are not at all, have that one-on-one, particularly if you, you consider yourself a bit more introverted, start having that one-on-one conversation with your friend and, and, and ask those questions to say, well, like, how would I talk about this? You know me, what would be, what would be some good ways for me to like break in or conversations that you think that, that, that the corporate world might be more open to. Um, I think those are really great places to start, but Yeah. yeah, it is meeting your audience where you are is huge and it can be really difficult when it's a totally new audience. Yeah. I love it. So many practical tips in there, my friend. I, I want to add one more to it. And you were kind of, you were, you were floating around it, but I want to point it out directly. I think the asking the questions is powerful, but I think what we can insert within the questions is empathy, right? Is, is the, our beautiful gift of empathy. And what I mean by this is, you know, we can get so much like you, I get so excited when, you know, I'm with someone and I get a download and something comes through and I want to, I want to share it. And I go very quickly, right? I just speak the thing. And I think what we often forget and what we can do is that we can add space. We can receive the download. We can pause for a second and we can empathize with the person. Right. And we, and this, and I'm not meaning here, like tune into their whole demographic and their history no just open your heart for a second and ask yourself where is this person at right and we all can guess these things we can also tune into these things we don't need all the information to start empathizing with okay what can this person handle in this moment i think just asking that question helps us slow down helps us slow down and helps us meet that person maybe with a question like you're suggesting, or just, and this, I'll get your perspective on this, sharing with them without even speaking. Because as we've talked about today, as the example I gave before, our presence gives answers, right? Our presence gives feelings. So I think we underestimate our ability to give some, someone guidance without adding words to it. What, what are your thoughts on empathy and all of this, Lindsay? Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. The first thing that comes up is like some people don't want our guidance. <laughs> you also have to balance like, especially in, in like when you're talking with people at a networking event, they're like ready to like chit chat and stuff and they want to get to know you, but they don't necessarily, you have to also discern. I love the way you said pause because man, people in our space, we, I can tell you, I can tell you a lot of different things. I'm like your mom's right over here. She's like sitting on the, like the right side of your shoulder. And she's like, actually got her, her hand up, you know, and you're like in a, you know, in the middle of a, a, gr- a group of people, like maybe this isn't the right place to say this. And, and maybe as we develop. Um, so I think it is really important to discern, um, is this the right place to share this information? Or sometimes is this just important for me to know, to have that empathy and compassion as I'm having this conversation. And wow, I really feel connected to this person. I wanna get to know them more. Um, But yeah, I I go back to, especially in in our line of work where we're coaching, people come to our space for guidance and support. 
we also have these like intuitive gifts um, that allow us to share very deep messages, but people may not always be ready to receive, nor do they want them. And sometimes it's good to just kind of feel it out a little bit. I was that person who would give unsolicited advice. I've, I've, I've evolved since then, but it is, especially when you're new and you're awakening and you're like, I want to tell you all these things. I want to share these things. You're so excited. Let me tell you what I experienced, you know, and you do all this stuff. And then as it's a, the- <laughs> It's another form of ego, right? Like exactly. Lily, Lily in the Facebook chat just added a comment. She said, Harrison, my Aries impulsively also brought me a lesson that I can't share what I sense with people without their permission. It's like invading their sovereignty by boosting your ego, right? And it's, it's exactly oh what gosh. it is, right? So good. So yeah. good. And it's such an Aries thing. I love it. I'm so here for it. <laughs> I, I love I, it. It's an example of, you know, the spiritual ego. Right. The ego will come, you know, we, we, we think we've opened our channel. We've raised our frequency. We're connecting, we're getting these insights and, oh, there's no ego to be around. I'm, I'm in it, but it comes in, in these moments where we just blurt out the thing without actually connecting in for a moment to see, okay, that's that person actually need what I'm, what I'm about to say. So, um, yeah, so important. Lindsay, yeah. I could talk to you about this all day, but I want to be respectful of your time. I want to, throw back to you and check in. Is there anything else that you think is important that we need to hit on before we finish today that, that light workers, coaches, healers need to, need to hear about in terms of sharing their gifts in the corporate world? Yeah, I would say for those people that are in corp, the corporate world or, and feel really comfortable in that space. Like this is a space you want to continue to do your work in. you feel really, um, uh, aligned with being in that space. I think there's a lot of conversations around going off on your own, doing things differently and starting your own business and being a creative, you know, all these things. Um, it's okay to feel like you can actually make a huge impact being in the corporate world, whether it's corporate, nonprofit, teaching, all of these spaces the work and the the gifts that you bring to these spaces are so valuable. And if it feels really aligned for you, I just want those people to know that then don't question it, like continue on your journey and, and be that light in that space. And we need that so deeply um, for that group that really is looking to kind of break into them to having more corporate clients or working in that space. I always encourage you to just continue to learn, continue to expose yourself to new groups of people, um, start to understand how it works a little bit more so that you can start using language that they can hear you and they can receive what gifts you're bringing to the table because when you do that, it helps people feel seen and heard and they get to feel your energy and they get to connect with you. Um, so, yeah. So those are the things that I would encourage you all to just, you know, I leave that with you and I'm just grateful to be able to share this space with you. I'm grateful for you too, Lindsay, that you you have a beautiful light and I, I just speak for myself. You inspire me to really step out into the corporate world more and I just, I want to share a story with you that I think highlights exactly what you're saying about being yourself, even in these, these new kinds of environments. And one of my, and this will be a surprise to no one listening, 
but one of my beautiful gifts of spiritual expression is my voice. And for a very long time, I suppressed that part of me, that gift. And now obviously I don't, and it's a beautiful way in which I channel more of my uh, frequency and, and insights with people. And I, I recently have done exactly what you just said, stepping into more networking events in corporate situations. And I haven't been filtering myself in any way, but very particularly, I've been mindful of not doing it when it comes to my voice. So when I speak to people, I speak exactly how I'm speaking to you right now, right? I'm very intentional, very loving, very spiritual in many ways. And the number one comment I get from everyone in this in these new environments is I could listen to you all day. There's something about your voice. There's something about the way that you speak. It just soothes me. It makes me feel good. It activates me. And I share that story because it highlights what you're saying, right? It highlights this necessity to not filter ourselves in any way and to really open ourselves to one, the gifts that we have, but two, the courage to share those gifts, even in these new environments. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Courage. I love that. Lindsay, if people have tuned into your beautiful heart today and they want to find out more, they want to see what you have going on in the world. Is there anything you want to offer? Do you have anything exciting that's going on in your life at the moment? I'd love to let you promote yourself if you feel called. Yeah. So, um, Harrison and I were just laughing about, uh, my name is a bit long, but I'm at, you can go to my website anytime, lindsay-lee.com and it's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-L-E-I-G-H. And um, I'm on Instagram and TikTok, recently started a YouTube page, but mostly over on Instagram uh, at Lindsay Lee Official. And uh, let me see what else. Yeah, I always have, I'm having workshops, classes. I do one-on-one transformational coaching as well as intuitive development. I'm actually hosting um, an Akashic Records workshop tonight. So uh, very excited about that. But if anyone has any questions, they can always DM me, reach out. I love to be able to chat with new friends and just here to serve and support however I can. I appreciate you, Lindsay. I'll put all of your details for people listening on the podcast or live. I'll put these in the show notes so you can click the links, go straight to Lindsay's uh, socials and her places. Yeah. My, my last question, Lindsay, before I let you go today is this is the cosmic love antenna. And one of the reasons I branded it that way is I grew up as a little boy that was very disconnected with the idea of my high power being a man on a cloud outside of me. So I, became atheist and then came around to this understanding that my high power is really the consciousness of love that exists in my heart. So I'm wondering in your world, Lindsay, how do you personally define that love word? How do I personally define love? Oh, I'm always like, can you define it? Um, it's always going back to the divine within, you know, that ultimate divine within. And when you can come back to that, anything's possible. Beautiful. 
Lindsay, I appreciate you. Thank you for your time today. I send you so much love back at you. For everyone that's tuned in either live or on the podcast, thank you for your attention, your energy, and your spirit today. If this hits your heart, please share it out far and wide. But regardless, until next time here on the show, we send you love, we send you light, and we'll talk to you very soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna with me, your host, Harrison. If you gained value or this episode hit your heart, please remember to share this out with a friend, a family member, or a lover. You can also leave your love over on Apple Reviews and Spotify Star Feedback, and this helps me spread my frequency to more souls in need. Finally, if you want to connect with me deeper, want to reach out, interested in coaching, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Harrison Ma, Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Sending you so much love. Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the city of angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast.